Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see real and practical Christianity from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today we're going to be looking at lessons from the story of the rich man and Lazarus. That story is taken from the book of Luke chapter 16. So I'm going to be doing text by text, line by line expositions again. And I believe there's a lot to be learned from this particular teaching. By the way, how are you doing? How's your day or how's your night? If you listen to this in the morning, how's everything going with you? I hope it's well. All right, let's proceed. Luke 16, now from verse, let's just say from verse um, 14, actually over verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, there's a backstory to why Jesus said this, right? He was actually given a parable, okay? Now, we're not going to go into the parable. We're just going to look at the lesson because that verse 30, the way parable works is usually that the parable can be many things, but there will be a lesson, right? And if you take a parable literally, you will miss the lesson. For example, there's the parable of the unjust judge right a man who did not fear god or men but there was this widow who was persistent and wanted justice and every day she came to the gate of the man to get justice he didn't answer her at first but after a while i said that this woman is going to weary me out i don't fear god or men but because of this woman's persistence i will give her justice are you seeing that now you can take that story and think god is the unrighteous judge but that's not what the bible is saying he never said that or the unjust judge no he is not the idea because that um that parable it actually began with jesus saying men always ought to pray and not give up so in other words he now gives a parable of a woman who did not give up are you seeing that His story or parable of a woman who did not give up and got what she wanted and that's what he was just saying <laughs> are you seeing that so that's how a parable is so you can read luke 16 from verse 1 down to 12 but then verse 13 captures what he was trying to say right no man or no servant can serve two masters for he will either hate one and love the other or he will be loyal to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon are you seeing that okay so that's actually the major lesson you will get from there that is a priority of serving god above other things all right now if we read down Okay, look at verse 14. Now, the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things and they derided him. Okay, so of course they were upset because they knew he was talking about them or at least they fit the description. And so they were not happy, obviously. All right? But then let's now go down to verse 19. And I want you to see the flow of thought here. All right? So we begin... This is Luke we're reading. We begin with the no one shall serve two masters because he just gave a parable. Then the Pharisees were upset because they are lovers of money. So you can see that his money is still talking about and these people's lack of value for the kingdom of God. All right. Then we come down to verse 19. Let's say I skipped some other things because I just want to get to the story. It's going to flow. 
there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. Now, remember that he was talking about money, right? Remember, he spoke about you cannot serve God and money. Just remember that. A certain rich man who was clothed in what? Purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. So, this guy was bawling. This guy was rich. This guy was enjoying his life, okay? Verse 20, But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So you can see, according to this, this poor guy was treated badly by the rich man. The rich man was living in luxury every day. This guy was just at his door. And this guy had to hustle for crumbs from the rich man's table with dogs. That is leftovers, trash, things they throw away. He had to fight for that with dogs. You get, that's basically what happened. And you're going to see later that the rich man recognized Lazarus in the other side. So he knew who this guy was. It wasn't that he never saw him before. No, he actually probably every day on his way to work or wherever he was going, he noticed him. There's no way he didn't notice him. Okay, so it says the dogs came and licked his wounds. Wow, that's just quite bad. That's really, really bad treatment. Nobody helped this man. Verse 22, so it was that the beggar died and was what carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, I want you to notice something. I noticed this while reading this. And it says the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. So, now, we're going to see that it's not because he was a beggar he was carried. And it's not because he was mistreated he was carried. Right? There's a reason he was carried. And there's a reason if you look at the rich man the yeah the rich man also died and was buried there's no mention of him being carried by angels right it's not a very significant thing but if you look at um the other text about the what we call the rapture or the resurrection or all that you always said the bible talks about how the angels will go and gather the elect right how they will come and take us how we'll be caught up right that's the ministry of angels so it just tells you that once a person dies and the person is not born again because the bible tells us that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to heirs of salvation to them who be heirs of salvation that should be hebrews chapter i think one or two down so what does that mean it means that the angels are sent to man generally and especially to those who are born again but the moment you die a person dies and the person is not saved their ministry to you ends <laughs> that's quite sad Okay, so the rich man also died and was buried and being in what? Torment in Hades. So the poor man dies, right? And was carried by the angels to where Abraham's bosom. This is a true story, by the way. This is not a fiction. This is not fiction. This is not a parable. This is actually a true story that Jesus told. So, of course, he had insights to the behind the scenes of the story that others would not have had. So, the rich man died and was buried, being in torment in Hades. Okay? So, this is part of how we also know that it, there is an afterlife, number one. Number two, that there is torment for those who don't believe the gospel because we're going to see that that is actually what happened here. Okay? Being in torment in Hades. Alright? Now, this also points to the fact that when a person dies, his body does is what dies, actually. 
And I was reflecting on Martha. You know, they say, when they say, oh, we found, you see the headlines of news, it says, we found him dead. Actually, you didn't find him. You just found his body, right? I think, yeah, the better way to put it is that your body found, right? Because the real guy just left. Say, we found him dead. You didn't find him. You found his body. You found the house he was using while he was on the earth. That house has failed or collapsed. Therefore, he had to leave. Okay, so he says, in torment. He was in torment in Hades. So it tells you clearly that when you leave your body, there is a spiritual body you now have, a spirit, you are a spirit being, and that obviously is a form of body. Bible talks about First um, Corinthians 15. Paul explains that there are different kinds of bodies. There's earthly bodies, there's spiritual bodies. So that's a spiritual body. And it says here that he was in torment in Hades. What does that mean? It means that that body can experience things. It can feel things. It can experience pain or pleasure. All right? The same way your physical body can experience pain or pleasure. That spiritual body is just, or the physical body is just a mirror. It is made after the spiritual body. So, usually what happens with the physical body, there's a spiritual reality to it. Are you seeing that? So, he was tormented in Hades. He felt pain. He felt torment. He felt anguish in Hades. He lifted up his eyes. You know, I've used this to explain many times that you see clearly that he, the guy, was conscious. He lifted up. It means he was still aware and conscious of who he was. Are you seeing that? So it tells you that in the afterlife, you will be aware. You will be conscious. You will know who you are. You will remember who you are. He was conscious. He being in torment's head, he lifted up his eyes. So he looked up. So he had eyes, right? So he tells you, your spiritual body is just like the physical one. You have eyes. He lifted up his eyes. He looked up. Are you seeing that? And saw who? Abraham afar off. Another thing we can tell from this is that Abraham was like his great, 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 great. That Abraham existed way before this man was born. Yeah, this man looked once and knew it was Abraham. Why? Because it, it appears that spirits know. There's an intuition with spirits. Spirits just know. The realm of the spirit is the realm of knowing. You just see, you know. I seen that when Jesus came in the flesh, or God came in the flesh as a man called Jesus, the, the demons all knew him. All of them. They say, we know who you are, Jesus. We know, we know. Right? Yes, there's no. They just know. That is how the realm of the spirit operates. They know. Okay? So he lit up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Are you seeing that? Obviously, he recognized Lazarus. He saw Lazarus in his bosom. So in other words, it means that where they were, right, they were in a similar location. It's just that Abraham was afar off in a different, will I say, side or dimension of wherever they were okay he saw him and then saw Lazarus in his bosom okay in other words Lazarus was just with him verse 24 then he cried and said father Abraham have mercy on me so he cried how did he now I want you to notice another thing so he lifted up his eyes looked he saw Abraham so he saw had vision and Lazarus, so he recognized. So let me say that in, in that realm, you will recognize. Many people think that, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that once you die in this realm and move to the other one, that there's nothing left again. 
it's over, you, you know, nothing, you don't exist, you have no consciousness, it's a lie. You will still be conscious, you will still be aware. You will recognize people, you recognize things. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Have mercy. So he cried with what? With the mouth. Obviously, he still had a mouth. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. <laughs> Someone will say the gods, the gall. Well, this guy, when you are in such torment, you also be shameless, I guess. He says, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And what? Cool my tongue. He still had a tongue. Not just a mouth, but a tongue. Are you seeing that? In other words, his spirit, but the system, the body system is similar. Are you seeing that? It's similar. Because if you think about it, the man was buried. His body was buried. His Bible says he was buried on earth, right? Given a perfecting burial. His body was on earth, but he still had all these faculties intact. Are you seeing that? Had a tongue, had a mouth. So as I always say, don't be eked out and don't buy into the nonsense from many of these movies or books that are trying to give you a lie about what eternity actually will be like. Alright? So, it says, for I am tormented in this flame. So, he wanted relief. In other words, in eternity, you can feel relief and you can feel agony. So, may you not be the one that refuses the gift of salvation and has to live in agony and torment because it's going to be real that thing is very very real we must give it a lot of thought since i'm tormented in this flame are you seeing that so this also tells you gives you an idea of what that place is like there was fire there was agony there was flames you know there was torment it was hot now look at this it was hot obviously just like imagine a hot day what do you want after a very hot long and hot day you want water you are thirsty so there's this thirst that never quenches there because the place is so hot are you seeing that so it just tells you clearly that there's a your body system is like a mirror it's the same it's almost the same thing right there i say probably a skeletal system different kinds of systems organs and things like that in the spirit i won't go that far but i would just say that there's just similarities if you look at the story there's so many similarities between your natural body and your spiritual body all right that's why it's like a house so you just come into the physical body and just feel at home because it's functioning in a similar manner so he now says but abraham said to him son remember obviously why abraham would call him son is because he was a son of abraham in the sense of his lineage right abraham was a jew or no no he wasn't a jew actually but it was through him that the jewish nation came forth so he called him son because you are my descendant so son so it's probably a painful thing for abraham he says son he says son remember that in your lifetime you what received your good things and likewise lazarus what evil things but now he's comforted and you're tormented now I want you to remember something. Remember we, we spoke about um, the fact that this is talking about money, Abi, And we spoke about the fact that verse 13, no one can serve two masters for he will hate one and love the other. He will love one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, right? And we also look at the Pharisees who were lovers of money and all that stuff. And then if you also look at the text, actually before, this is 16. If you go to 15, right? Chapter 15, you're actually going to see where... Um, Jesus was actually giving 
um, a parable and um, okay, the parable of the rich man's son. Okay, no, no, that's not where I actually wanted to go. Sorry. It's still 16. But in 16 verse, okay, it's actually the parable of the steward I didn't want to talk about, right? Where he, if the summary of it is a steward who was unfaithful to his master and what happened was that he was squandering the master's goods. The master said, give an account. I'm taking this off you. And so what the guy did was rather than, um, because he knew, oh, I can't live here. I, I, I'm ashamed to beg and I, I don't have the strength to dig. I can't work hard like those guys out there. So what he did is that people that own his master, he said, okay, you come sit down. Your bill is, you have owing 100 bags of rice. The rice is there, only 50 are owing. You, it's 80 bags. Rice is there, it's only 40. You know, he did that. Now, you see how the master in verse 8, 16 verse 8. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. Now, that's just interesting. This is only a parable that this can happen. The master found out that the steward went forward to rip him off some more. But why did he do it? So that other people would actually welcome him to their own homes after he was fired. Other people would favor him. So he said he dealt shrewdly. He just tells you it's a parable. Alright? Now, Look at verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by what? Unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in what? The unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the what? True riches. Are you seeing that? True what? Riches. So, you are seeing that from this it is clear what abraham is talking about father abraham right he's telling him that in your own life you had what good things are you seeing that you had received good things and likewise lazarus received evil things so you're seeing that the rich man was not faithful with money he was not faithful with the resources he had been given his faithfulness with the resources he had been given would have extended to love. It would have caused him to love this man. But what, what happened? He was unjust. He was greedy. He was covetous. You get. He didn't make use of it. Now, because love is what would have actually caused him to share with Lazarus. Okay? Now, so he says, now Lazarus is comforted, but you are tormented. Now, before you think that this is why he's there, you think that okay, he was he didn't do well, so he was in hell. This other Lazarus did you know did well. Let's just read. And besides all this, there between us there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from pass from there to us. Now I want to even say before I continue that this is not heaven. Jesus said, No one has ascended to heaven. Read the book of John. It says, No one has ascended to heaven. Jesus also said, No one has seen God at any time. That's what he said. He says, Only the begotten Son who has actually declared him. Nobody has seen God at any time. So this was not heaven. So Lazarus did not go to heaven. Abraham was not in heaven. This was actually in hell. Yeah, hell. But this was a chilling, I always call it a chilling side of hell because you see that Lazarus was comforted with Abraham. It's a longer story. I won't go into that now. But it wasn't in heaven. Okay, so, verse 27. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you will send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. Okay? Now, why was the rich man saying, send him there? Because most likely you had other people 
other brothers who were living just like he was living, living the lavish lifestyle, living without considering others. He says, so he says, go and warn them, let them not come here. 29, Abraham said to him, let, they have Moses and the prophets. They have what? Moses and the prophets. And this is a very, very um, strong thing to say. They have Moses and the prophets. You may read that and not understand, okay? But Luke chapter 24, verse 25, Jesus said to his disciples, after he rose from the dead, he said, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that what the prophets have spoken. You know, all not Christ who have suffered these things and died his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, all right? The same thing this guy is saying here, Abraham, they have Moses and the prophets. Say, explain to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The things concerning himself is what he said earlier, which is that ought not Christ to have suffered and entered into his glory. In other words, what he's seen in a nutshell is that in the books of Moses and what the prophets said, they preached Christ. They preached about God's plan for salvation, right? They preached. And people who believed it are those who got saved. So in the Old Testament, they had the law and the prophets. Moses actually in that message of the law, right? He actually preached the gospel. Bible tells us clearly, even Abraham, Bible says God preached, that should be Galatians chapter 3. God preached the gospel to Abraham. Bible also speaks about Romans 10 verse 9. Actually, if you read 10 from verse 1 down to 9, you're going to see clearly that something is quoted which Moses said to the children of Israel. And if you look at it clearly, Moses was actually preaching the gospel to them. I don't have the time. You would have to go read it yourself. But then, that's what happened. So the gospel was what was hidden in the old covenant. Okay, and those who... So, faithfulness to the old covenant, you know, the idea of it was to understand the message of the gospel. As I said, I'm saying a lot of things <laughs> that I will have to explain in coming weeks. Okay, so it was... He says you have the law and the prophets. In other words, in the law and prophets, right, you would see there that it was clear that... God was going to make a plan for salvation. So if they believed, actually, you see, there are actually two commandments. One of the Pharisees approached Jesus and said, what are the greatest commandments? And he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that was love God, love people, right? And Jesus said that the, that the, the law, love is the fulfillment of the law, all right? Now, where I'm getting at or getting to is this, that what was meant to have been produced in the rich man by his observance of the laws of Moses would have been love. But love was lacking. Love was absent. That is why he had a man, you know, at his gate and never ever attended to that man. He let that man, you know, get into lots of sickness and everything. And that, because the man was really sick, sores over his body. And he just let the man die like that. Are you seeing that? Then the rich man probably died much later and came to join him. You get. But the reason that he ended up where he ended up was because he refused to acknowledge the message of the Lord and the prophets, which was salvation or, yeah, or faith in God, faith in God's sacrifice. And by his observance of that, love was meant to have been better in his heart. He was meant to have loved. You understand? A An offshoot of his belief in what the law said pointing to what god was going to do was love love was meant to be produced but the guy did not love and that is why he ended up in hell now what am i saying in a nutshell <laughs> okay what am i saying in a nutshell i'm not saying in the end 
you know, I would have to do another series on it to break it down some more. So expect that I would break it down some more. I'll probably do so, an exposition on Hebrews. So lest someone be confused. But the whole point of it is that in that in that place, right, where the rich man was in torment, he was there because of the fact that he did not believe the gospel. All right? Like I said, in the gospel, in the law of Moses, in the prophets, what they said, in the Old Testament, you are looking at the message of Jesus Christ. It was embedded there. But he did not believe. He didn't believe it. You understand? If he believed it, there would have been a walk. There's a way he would have, there's a walk he would have experienced. But he didn't believe it. So, based on that, he, well, went to hell. And also, he tells you about Lazarus. That Lazarus, it wasn't because he was poor that he was there. No, it was because he probably believed, he believed what the law and the prophets said about Christ. Okay? He believed what he said. Uh, he had faith in God. He put his faith in God. And that's why he was there. Okay? So, as I said, I will explain <laughs> tomorrow. I will put out some more explanations that will make this clearer to you. Okay? So, if you are a bit confused about it, it's okay. This is more like a summary um, because there's much more to unpack. Okay? So, verse 31. Okay, so, and he said, No father, Abraham, but if one goes... To them from the dead they will repent. 31. But he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through though one rise from the dead. So he has seen that he said that if they hear, you know, if one goes to them, they will repent. So, in other words, it means that the law and the prophets, the old testament will lead you towards repentance. It will lead you to turn from something to something, right? From what the law says, or sorry, from what from your sin to Christ. Alright, so we're going to unpack this tomorrow. <laughs> just stay tuned. And if you are too impatient and confused with what I just said today, just head over to uh, my Instagram and ask me questions. We can probably have a chat and I will break it down to you much more. Alright? So guys, that's it for today. This is quite <laughs> exhaustive as a teaching. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again, 0106-207-685-GT Bank. God bless you.